Hello, everyone, and welcome to OHSCA Interviews. I'm Vincenzo Calla, and I'm your host for today's episode. Today, I'm happy to have with me the MP for Peterborough Kawartha, Michelle Ferry, and welcome everyone to season two. It's great to have you back and great to have everybody back. Thank you all. Before we start for support, it's been over a year of OHSCA. It's been a great ride, and we're happy to have season two. And Michelle, you're our first guest, so thanks for joining us today. Oh, I'm super excited to be here and super proud that uh, we have such young people engaged in politics. So thank you so much for having me. And I also want to say thank you for pronouncing my name right. So you're one of very few people who interview me that say my last name right. So thank you, Vincenzo. No problem. Michelle Ferrari was recently elected in the September election and unseated then current MP and cabinet minister. Michelle is a well-known community advocate, an award-winning entrepreneur, a committed volunteer, and a highly sought after public speaker, social media marketer, and influencer. A lifelong learner, learner, her education in science has led her to be a passionate advocate for physical and mental health, which is definitely something, a big issue right now that people are facing, especially with mental health. So it's very important that we have MPs like Michelle. So thanks, Michelle, for joining us today. And thanks for your time. Thank you again so much for having me. And uh, thanks for I sort through sort of getting myself set up here. I'm new in my office, still isn't set up. So my lighting is a little bit hit and miss. So thanks for your patience. It's all good. And shout out to all our new Spotify listeners. You're on Spotify, SoundCloud. So we're going to start with our, our interview with our question and answer segment. And these questions are have been forwarded to me by our high school members. So our high school members want me to ask these to you. So the first question is, how will you be able to use your background and expertise as an influencer and social media figure to reach out to the people of your writing? Well, that's a really great question. And I think, um, I think, you know, a really big piece of this job as a member of parliament is communications. And so I think, you know, our world has evolved and our world has changed and communicating with people as a result has changed. And when I look at, you know, yourself, Vincenzo, and those that are listening, who I'm assuming mostly are students in the high school age bracket, how you communicate is obviously primarily through social media. You know, a lot of you probably aren't using, you know, mail as a method of communication, or maybe you're not watching your local cable television, but you're using podcasts or you're using TikTok or you're using Instagram or Facebook. So obviously my background in social media is going to be a, a big piece of connecting with that up and coming generation, but also I have to make sure that I'm still catering to people who don't use social media because there is a lot of people who still don't use social media and I have to be mindful of that because it's my job to communicate with everyone. So I think it will be um, a lot of fun because I was a, obviously a former broadcaster here. So I have good relationships with our local media to do sort of advertisements and spots and uh, be everywhere, but also like this right here, Vincenzo. So being on your podcast, um, is awesome because it's helping me connect with a lot of constituents and a lot of people, uh, you know, hopefully who will vote for me or, or need to know what I'm doing because people need to know what their member of parliament is doing because we work for them. Of course. And that's something that I always say on a lot of my interviews on, on this show, how the MP works for the people and they're voted by the people and they're elected by the people and mm -hmm. they work for the people. And it's just so important that 
like you said that you cater to everybody and social media is just one big part of it, especially this past couple of years of COVID has accelerated the use of social media, especially the time where we couldn't go out and social media was one of our only outputs to sort of talk with people. It's just so important. And also it's, it's great that we have, I mean, a lot of the people watching this, I'm going to say a large percentage of the people watching this or listening to this came here because they saw it on our Twitter feed or on our Instagram mm-hmm. feed. So it's just something that reaches out to so many people. And it's just important for you as an MP to have those skills to reach out and be a so I, Well, thank you. I, I think it, I think it is important. I think it is important for MPs to sort of be moving and evolving with, with the communications model because communications is always changing, right? There's always a new, a new vehicle, but I heard a yeah, little birdie told me that the leader of the opposition Mr. Aaron O'Toole is following you now on TikTok. Is this true? Uh, on my personal TikTok, he's following me, actually. It's uh, the other day, well, a couple of days ago at the time of this filming, I opened up TikTok and I saw somebody named Aaron O'Toole followed me, but it wasn't any verified or anything. And I just didn't look much past it. I kind of looked past it. And then I opened it the next day and I saw a check mark. So Aaron O'Toole, and it's just so interesting to see how communications are evolving. I mean, Jagmeet Singh has been on TikTok for a long time and that's how he reached out to a lot of young people. And hopefully the leader of our party reaches out to a lot of young people through TikTok as well, especially post-election and gearing up for the next one because that could come anytime. Yeah. And I think that's what's great about, about our leader is that he is, you know, very mindful that this is your demographic's primary method of communication. So if he wants to connect with you, that's how he's going to do it. So uh, I think it's exciting. For sure, it is. It's super exciting. And I guess this is a good time to go into our next question, which is from Evan in Ottawa. And he asks, how will you be able to balance uh, balance being able to help constituents while trying to succeed with your shadow minister portfolio? And you're the new shadow minister for tourism. I forgot to include that into my bio, but you're the new shadow minister for tourism. So how will you be able to balance constituents and your shadow cabinet, uh, shadow cabinet role? That's a great question, Evan. So thank you very much for sending that. And I think it's a a question that's on some people's minds. Um, You know, what's interesting about this is that some people, you know, don't even know what a, a shadow cabinet minister means. And I think that's also really interesting. So I'm, I'm going to throw it back to you a little bit, Vincenzo, before I answer this question and ask you if you know what a shadow cabinet minister means. Well, I know the general idea. I mean, if someone said, okay, explain all the specifics, I wouldn't be able to, because I know that you're there to sort of, <laughs> as I said with Andrew here a couple months ago, hold the minister's feet to the fire at some points. That's basically what it is. Make sure that they're being held accountable. Make sure that the, the liberal co- government is being held accountable and that you're holding the tourism minister to, to account and make sure everything's going well. And if there's something on the opposition side that's not going well, sort of raising those concerns. Exactly. You nailed it, Vincenzo. So I think that's a great place to start to have the answer to this question. So you were really a critic, right? So those terms are used uh, interchangeably, shadow minister or critic um, to the minister. And so that also, you know, that's another layer now of my job description on top of being the member of parliament for Peterborough Kawartha. So how do you best do all of the jobs? Um, And so I think, I think the real short answer to that is really amazing staff. Um, And I think most members of parliament will tell you this, that you have to have an amazing team around you 
um, that is, you know, works in service. And I am so fortunate. I have the best staff, so I'm biased. So there you go. Um, but we are a team. And so you have sort of the Ottawa presence, which is going to be a lot more dedicated to the shadow uh, Minister of Tourism and Policy and the Ottawa sort of ins and outs. And then you have your Peterborough Fourth and Constituency Office, which is really catering to the constituents and their needs. So it's making sure that all the customers that you serve as a member of parliament, so to speak, are, you know, their needs are being met and that they're getting back, you know, they're being uh, heard and served. So that's really the short answer is to make sure you have the right team in place who knows um, how to get answers and how to help everyone. Well, yeah, you, you hit it perfectly. I mean, it's so important, like, especially when I book interviews, I've been booking interviews for a while now for the past year and just there's so many amazing staff members and team members and all the constituency offices and they don't get enough credit for what they do for sure they get they're the ones answering the phones answering the emails and it's just so important that this the staff is there and to be able to assist yourself and the other mps it's it's really a behind the scenes thing that makes things work and make basically makes our government work yeah, and a lot of these staffers, you have to remember, I'm going to go out on a limb and think one day, Vincenzo, you and a lot of these people listening or watching are going to be one of these staffers. And they often go on to be, um, you know, in Parliament. Some of them never want to be on the, on the sort of front end of things. They love the back end. But without the back end, there is no front end. You can't have one without the other. And so, um, you know, effective uh, service-minded staff is just critical in this role well for sure the, that is really a, an important part and we're going to go into the next question it's a perfect time to go in the next question which is what is an issue that you would like to focus on as an mp beside uh, aside from what you're doing in your shadow profile an issue that you want to focus on oh who asked this question uh well this is one of the ones i came up with the way that our formatting is is the host does too and i do and the, the wow. members ask too so <laughs> I love this question because you, uh, you, you walked me right into what I love to talk about the most. So if you followed me, and I bet you probably know where I'm going to answer on this, Vincenzo, people know uh, who followed me know exactly um, where my heart lies and my passion lies, and you mentioned it in your intro, and that is mental health. So mental health is critical um, for our country, for our communities, for our families, for ourselves, and, you know, changing the culture of how we look at mental health, you know, being able to reach out when we need help, um, changing our healthcare system that really caters to mental health is so, so important when we look at sort of opioids and addiction and homelessness and mental health, you just really can't separate a lot of these issues. So for me, mental health is the umbrella for which everything else happens, our economy, um, our workplace, our school and especially youth mental health, right? So at your age, Vincenzo and younger, if, if you start to have, if you have the foundation and building tool, uh, building blocks to know how to take care of your mental health, you're you know, more likely, significantly more likely to, to be able to manage your mental health better as, an, you know, as you get older, right? Because you've been given those sort of building blocks to do that. So what can we be doing as a government to be ensuring that programming is put in place from a very young age. Um, how are we changing the dialogue? How are we as leaders setting the tone to make sure that mental health is a dinner table conversation? 
um, removing the stigma, changing the culture around addictions. This is a huge, huge thing for me and, you know, really opening up, making it normalizing, normalizing how we talk about mental health. So this is a big, big, big thing for me. And I'm sure a lot of your people watching and listening um, are having their own struggles because this pandemic has really unleashed a whole other pandemic of mental health for especially teenagers. You guys have been probably one of the most compromised groups of anyone out of this pandemic with mental health. Well, especially like I can attest to that. I mean, when I when lockdown happened, it was right in the middle of grade 10 for me. And the lockdown spanned all of my grade 10 year, the rest of my grade 10 year, basically all of my grade 11 year. And now I'm, it's sort of going back to normal. But mental health issues, everybody that I talked to, I mean, that is open about it. Everybody suffered with mental health issues, especially during the pandemic. And it's just so important that our, our parliamentarians and our all the politicians out there on all levels and everybody talks about mental health and tries to take action. Like our party had a good, it was part of the pillar. It was one of the five pillars in our, in our election platform, a strong mental health plan. And I'm even going to say some, a lot of the other parties did focus on mental health. Like it is important that, and I think everybody's on the same page now that mental health is important. It's one of the things that we have to get back from, from the pandemic and just go on and just, figure out what we're doing now with the mental health we need to take strong steps and and although I don't agree with who the minister is I must compliment the government on choosing and the prime minister on creating a new portfolio for mental health I think that's an important first step I'm going to put my my disagreements aside with who the minister is but I think it's important that there is a new minister a ministry of mental health and it's great that our party has a strong advocate in the shadow minister for mental health, Mike Lake. I agree with everything you've said, Vincenzo, in that it is a huge step to finally appoint. It's long overdue to have a minister of mental health and addictions. It's long overdue, um, but it's here. So let's move forward in a positive direction. And, you know, as the opposition, let's make sure we're doing our job to, to make sure that they're, you know, it's not just talk. And I think that's what's really important, you know, moving forward is there's two different things, right? There's talk and there's action. So what can we be doing to actually be putting some, put our money where the mouth, you know, put our money where our mouth is and sort of really support these programs that are changing lives. For sure. And it's just so important. I'm not going to go further than that because I can keep talking about it all day yeah. about mental health. Me but too. It's just so important that we put a strong focus on that and that Canadians get the help they deserve from the government, they get the attention they deserve from the government to realize that mental health is health and that it is a real issue that needs focus. So we're going to go on to the final question and then there's another one after, but the final question from members and this one comes from Jerry in Brampton and he asks, how do you plan on continuously knowing that what you're doing is what your community wants as an MP and sort of through your actions on the house and it's, it's a who, big one. Who's, who sent that question in? Jairit asked this. Jairit from Brandon. Jairit? Jairit. Jairit. Thank you for that question, Jairit. Um, I think this question is actually really connected to the first question. Because if you're not communicating to your constituents, if you don't have a, an avenue for your constituents to communicate to you, you're not going to know what they need or want. And so this is actually, I would say, how I even got elected, to be honest with you, is through always kind of having this 
open door policy. So for anybody who follows me on, on social media, primarily Facebook, that's where my, my largest demographic is, I often post questions, open-ended questions of, you know, how do you feel about this? And what do you think about that? And what do you want to see done differently? And it's had great success because, um, you know, I have created an online space where I encourage all opinions. Now you can't have hate speech and you can't start attacking people, but you know, by all means, like let's have open conversations, but back to the point of not everybody's on social media. So I think it's also important to be having town halls. We've actually, um, we're going to be implementing a community outreach liaison here through our office. So, you know, making sure that people are out into the community because we have a really large riding in Peterborough, Kawartha. So not everybody can come into the constituency office and it's not really fair to make everybody come to us. You know, we work for the people. I work for the people. So that's what we also did on our campaign and it was hugely effective. We had an RV and we went to the people. We went out to all of these to these areas. So I think, you know, making sure that we are accessible and that people know our lines of communication are open and then making it as easy as possible for them to communicate. And the other thing that we do and, and we offer as a service is we send out, we can send out questionnaires as well. So through the mail, this is a really effective tool. And I know if you haven't already had Jamie Schmail on your, on your podcast, you should absolutely have Jamie because he's really, really great at this as is Eric Duncan where they are sort of asking and they are always polling the constituents about issues. And so I think those are really important. Well, those are all great ways to sort of reach out to your community. And we haven't had Jamie Schmiel on the show, but we did have Eric Duncan before, uh, I don't know, at some point earlier this year, we had Eric Duncan on, I think in May. So it's- Eric's it's, a star, love <laughs> oh, Eric. For sure, I, I met him during yeah. the election at- uh, I was volunteering on Matt Treemstra's campaign. So he came out for a barbecue one night and it was, it was great. So it, yeah, it's just, it's important that, and back to what you were saying at the beginning and back to what I push on, on this show and on my personal channel, it's really important that MPs, MPPs, counselors, mayors, mm -hmm. whoever, elected officials, remember that they were voted in by the people. The majority of the people voted them in. So they're the ones that the people wanted to see in parliament and they're the ones that will bring, bring their needs forward to, to wherever they have to go, whether that's House of Commons, Ontario legislature, city council chambers, whatever it is. It's just so important that you as an MP are there to, to sort of take those concerns and bring them forward and work on them. Awesome. I agree. I agree with everything you said. For sure. So we're going to go on to advice for the next generation. And we ask this to all of our, our, our guests. I think we've asked it to almost every guest since the first episode. So uh, we talk about youth involvement in politics and more. So the one question is, what should young high school conservatives do in order to get more politically active? And what is one piece of advice that you would give them? Any piece mm. of advice? Uh, the, the biggest piece of advice I would give is challenge what you think you know. So I think we're easily influenced by our parents, we're easily influenced by our peers, we're easily influenced by social media. And, you know, there is a saying that the younger you are, the more left you are, the more NDP you are, right? You typically have a bigger heart, so to speak. And the older you get, the more conservative you get. And I think, I think that's an unfortunate 
statement and hopefully untrue because I think what we all need to do wherever we are is to be able to critically think. So to look at an idea and say, is this, is this really the truth here? And I think, you know, obviously my background is, is media and journalism. So I come from very much a, a position of critically assessing and looking at something from all angles. And I think, I think as teenagers being one once upon a time and also raising them now, it's easy to get stuck into a mindset of this is right and that's wrong. And there's usually value in everything. There's usually something of value in every kind of idea. But my advice is moving forward to be really involved is to critically think, right? So sometimes we jump on a bandwagon or we see something and we think, oh, that's, you know, we just see the headline. And we say, oh, that's awful that they did that. But maybe that's not the whole story. And maybe they didn't present why that was the way that it was. So I think that's how we've gotten into a world where people are really pitted against each other because social media is such a soundbite world, right? You only get little pieces of information. And without the whole story, you can quickly become judgmental. And so I would, I would, I would challenge you to sort of replace try to replace judgment with understanding and, and then, you know, to be actively involved. I think when you care about something, you cannot expect somebody else to, to take care of it for you. That's your responsibility. So if you care about poverty, if you care about hunger, if you care about mental health, if you care about LGBTQ plus, you know, issues, it is your responsibility to get involved and to use your, use your voice in a positive, helpful way. And, you know, that's not judging other people. That's not hurting other people. That's just getting involved and advocating and, you know, doing things that genuinely help people and serve. Right. So that's a huge piece of being a conservative is we are service-based. We want to serve for a greater good and to help people. So I feel like that was a bit long-winded what I gave you, but I, I, I hope it made sense. It made a lot of sense and you hit absolutely everything and just so many important things in there. I mean, first, where do I start? I mean, first of all, what you did say about a lot of the sort of conception that a lot of young people are left-leaning NDP. I mean, I see it. There's a lot of my peers. A lot of my peers are more left-leaning and that's fine. Like, especially they seem to be, a lot of my friends are very vocal on issues and they seem to fall into the NDP category or the left-wing category, which is completely fine if that's the party you believe in. But I think it's, like you said, it's important to look at things from all angles and just making sure that you're not just into a soundbite. Like when we talked with uh, Garnet Jenis about back in the CPC convention last spring about the climate change isn't real. It was just that one soundbite about it that people didn't look farther to see that it's already in our policies. It's sort of that whole thing that went on and people ran with the fact oh conservatives aren't don't believe in climate change sort of thing and then there was headlines about that and then that became not very good for us and then people just need to look farther than the headlines like you said and if you believe in an issue just act on it and our conservative party is a big tent party there's so many different people in it and most of the time, the fact that's a big tent party really serves us well, because there's so many issues under the, the umbrella of conservatives in Canada. And 
you get to get involved in. There's so many strong advocates for so many communities and so many issues in our in the conservative caucus. I would tell you, you you summarize that really well, Vincenzo. And I think it's always important to remember nothing is black and white, right? Like there's Especially in politics. <laughs> very, very, you know, gray areas. And I think one of the traps, there's a couple really great books, and I can't remember the one name of the book, but it was such a great read. And I think it it talked a lot about um, I wish I could remember the name of it. I'll try and send it to you when I'm done. But it talked about sort of this this divisive society and I feel like you know anybody who's kind of like if you're not with me you're against me is is contributing to that issue and we used to really in politics if you go back there was a lot more working with and um it feels like sometimes the left can be very you know you're wrong if you're not this then you're that you know if you don't agree with what I'm saying then you're canceled, you know? And I, and I think sometimes that's, and the right can do that as well. So I shouldn't say that for just the left. I think, I think both extremes of anything can, can fall into that trap. So I think it's really important to make sure that you're, you're kind of like saying, okay, like where's the gray here? Because I think when we get into it's this or that, it, it can be very divisive and we end up not actually achieving the goal that usually both people are trying to get to for sure and that's a great way to end this interview it's just make sure to look at everything from a one from a non-biased perspective as much as you can look at everything Mm -hmm. from all angles and just really make sure to surround yourself with the good and make sure to surround yourself with so many different sources and look at every side of it so that is it we hope you enjoyed today's interview you can look for more interviews coming soon to our channel we have a whole ton getting ready into the winter. So make sure to follow our Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok accounts at Ontario HS Cons for info about our next interview for more great content. Make sure to look at our website at ontariohsconservatives.org to learn more about us, see our projects, and for more great content. For YouTube viewers, make sure to like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to click the notification bell so you never miss a video. And for our podcast listeners, make sure to follow us and stay updated with new episodes. We hope to see you all soon.